everyone. We're going live. We are live. It says the Hangouts live. Um, I will not spare you. I will spare you from singing a song. But uh, welcome everyone to Film Trooper Presents Film Marketing Fridays. And uh, our session today is sponsored again by Mr. Brad Pitt. No, not quite. But the big deal was uh, like two weeks ago, a week ago, it was announced that uh, Brad Pitt signed a $30 million deal with um, Netflix to help make his war satire film called War Machine. And why this was a big deal is because these are sort of like films that maybe the studios will not be using or picking up or deciding to fund if, you know, obviously if they're not a big superhero film or franchise film where they can like guarantee big money. So the New York Daily News basically wrote, well, what's the downside in this sort of deal that Netflix is making with a big star like Brad Pitt? The downside could be that the multiplex could increasingly become safe only for big budget blockbusters, remakes, and reboots. So that can create a bubble, perhaps. Just like there was a dot-com bubble, a real estate bubble. And two years ago, uh, Steven Spielberg was quoted as saying, there's going to be an implosion, mega budget movies are going to go crashing to the ground, and that's going to change the paradigm. Well, the question is, well, if the Hollywood implosion actually does happen, then how do you make and sell your film online and survive the Hollywood implosion while doing it? Well, just head on over to survivetheimplosion.com to get this new book on how to make and sell your film online. It's a film trooper survival guide. Again, that's at survival, I'm sorry. Again, that's at survivetheimplosion.com. And with that said, today's topic is going to be what am I really marketing? And I'm going to close out this uh, screen real here real quick so you can see my big fat head. Hello, everyone. I am Scott McMahon. I'm a fellow film trooper, and this is Film Marketing Fridays. And I am joined by today's guest filmmakers, uh, Richard and Holly Soriano. They're LA-based filmmakers. And we actually had an interesting discussion. How do you actually uh, spell filmmakers? Is it one word or two words? <laughs> I've seen it used both ways, and I tend to use um, filmmaker with one word altogether, but I could be totally wrong. I'm not known for, you know, proper grammar, but, uh, but I've seen it used correctly as filmmakers that way. So why don't you say hi to everybody? Say hi, Richard. Hi. Say hi. Holly. Good. I'm Richard. I'm Holly. <laughs> That's good. So you, um, so Richard, you sent me some questions as you were finishing up a short film, as you're getting ready for your feature film. And, um, and it really was quite interesting. We're going to just get, jump right into it because, your particular questions really kind of gel down to one main thing, which is what am I really marketing? And um, in question number one that you sent me was, I'm making a drama about a depressing topic. Why would someone who's going through the same ordeal want to see my film? Which is a very, very good question. And then number two, your question number two is, for my other project, I'm making a genre uh, mashup film called My Apocalyptic Thanksgiving, where should I focus my marketing? And because you broke down that the film could be marketed to special needs adult community, uh, zombie fans, holiday film about Thanksgiving, is uh, faith-based, uh, the black community, half the cast is black Americans, Asian community, half the cast is Asian Americans. And then question number three is, regarding the long-term plan, how do I take the audience I've built and have them follow me to the next project if my film is of a different genre. So you've kind of, uh, with these three basic questions, 
you've essentially uh, kind of covered the gamut a little bit because you've got a current short film you're working on that you want to do some uh, more marketing with. You've got the feature film you're planning, and then you're thinking way ahead. Like, okay, if I do accumulate and build an audience, then if I want to change genres or, or have different interests as an artist, as a filmmaker, how do I take them with me? So um, with that said, we go back to the slides again. Um, it's all about marketing alignment. And what that means is, what is alignment? Well, it's defined as a position of agreement. And so you have your story or your stories. You have your short story and you have your, um, I mean, your short film and you have your feature film. So you have a story. So knowing what your story is, you want it to be connected with your marketing message. And that's like the first stage steps of being in alignment. And then your marketing message is really your promise, right? You're promising your audience that whatever I tell you in this marketing message, I promise that I will deliver the goods in the product and the product is your story, your film. So does your promise, will it equal what you deliver? And we've seen a lot of Hollywood where they give us a trailer where you think it's going to be a nice uh, holiday, you know, uh, family comedy, you know, but then you end up being like really super depressing. Like um, what was the film recently, the Osage County with uh, Meryl Streep, you know, <laughs> it was like a, a Thanksgiving to get together with Julia Roberts and Meryl Streep. And then they, uh, it, it looked like it was going to be kind of a fun family um, holiday comedy. But when you get into the, the meat and potatoes of that film, when you, when you actually watch it, it's a heavy drama, <laughs> you know? So it's one of those things like, Knowing that a the studio system needs to uh, get butts and seats for the weekend, they will probably angle their marketing message to uh, target a certain demographic uh, to try to get them into the theaters. And as long as they get in theaters and they pay their money, they don't necessarily care whether or not their marketing message equals the promise of the delivery. I don't know how many films you've seen where sometimes it's like might be a, a really heavy action film and yet they will then sometimes shamelessly recreate a marketing trailer that it skews it towards a more romantic comedy uh, for women like the, and knowing where it's placed like it might it might be aired on lifetime and stuff like that so it's really funny to see different marketing campaigns for one movie um, as you can tell they were just they're trying to uh, catch as many people as possible to end up in the opening weekend. But for the Uber independents, um, it doesn't really serve us that well to sort of lie about or mislead what our our marketing message is that, that is not in alignment with our actual product or our delivery. It's better that if we really understand what we're offering so that when we do the marketing message, it is of... Um, 100% like uh, transparency and it's honest and but there's so when an audience grasps hold of what your marketing message is when they see your final product they are it's of the same ex expectations it, everything is in alignment and so finding your alignment is essentially knowing what your story is about or what people ask you like what is your story about but more specifically what is the theme of your story and the script lab um, came up with the top 10 central themes of like all films and you can find it at this link and uh, all these slides and these links will be available in the show notes afterwards. But um, 
Scripps Lab's top 10 themes are, um, number one, good versus evil. Number two, love conquers all. Number three, triumph over adversity. Number four, individual versus society. Number five, the battle. Number six, death as part of life. Number seven, revenge. Number eight, loss of innocence. Number nine, man versus himself. And number 10, man versus nature. So these are what they, uh, Script Lab considers like top 10 themes. So if you can kind of look at this and maybe ask yourselves, knowing your short film that you've created and as you get ready for your feature film, does any one of these uh, sort of standard themes uh, come close to what story you're telling? So you kind of start with that. But to dig deeper, yes, there it is, <laughs> big red, <laughs> big red uh, graphic. Dig deeper. What we're trying to find is that the theme of your story, as you discover it, as you write it out, like just come up, you know, ask yourselves, like, what is our story? What is our theme? But it should be emotional. And why it needs to be emotional is because we'll go back to business. And a lot of times people ask, like, what business do you, are you in? And I'm going to use the analogy of the railroad business. Um, you might have already heard this, these analogies because they're like they're used in uh, business lessons all the time and business training. Um, the big question is like, what business are you in? And I'm going to show you how this all ties into the theme of your story and the alignment of your marketing. Why did the railroad business fail? Why did Kodak go bankrupt? And what business is Apple in? So. The railroad business thought they were in the railroad business and not in the transportation business. So when Henry Ford came out with the Model T, he totally crushed the railroad business. The railroad business still existed for shipping, you know, um, um, you know, products and goods and services. But overnight, almost the Model T and the you know the careless um, horses buggy took over and created whole new industries. You know. Um, so the railroad business and the streetcars and all those types of uh, businesses went out of business because they failed to realize that they were in the transportation business. So somebody as big of an entity like the railroad business back in the 1800s could have seen some signs of investing into research and development for the horses buggy because if they knew they were in alignment with their market, their business message, which was transportation, they probably would not have gone out of business or you know lost a major part of their business to the um, you know uh, the, the the citizens traveling on their own on their own uh, horses buggy. Now Kodak Kodak thought it was in the photochemical processing business, and they failed to realize uh, they they should have been in the business of preserving memories. So if they had rallied around all their company um, think tank to know like whatever we do, Kodak is in the business of preserving memories. So when their own R&D department, when a guy shows them like I can create a digital photo, although it's not the best looking thing, the technology we have here in house, if we could develop this, this could be the next wave of technology to preserve memories. But Kodak didn't think that way. They just said, oh, no, that's not the business we're in. We're in the photochemical processing business. If they had really wrapped their heads around, like, you're right, you know, we should continue pushing this R&D for this digital technology because that can be the lead us to a more efficient way of preserving memories. They would have gone bankrupt. 
always knowing what business you're in will tie into knowing what your story is about, what your theme is about. So Apple, Apple has declared itself as being the in the business of lifestyle. They don't. They stopped being like a computer company. They stopped being uh, referring themselves as like a, a, a electronics company. They refer to themselves as a lifestyle business because if you look at their ads, nowhere really. They hardly ever really show you like how fast their computers are or how you know like how many met how how much memory or gig space you know they never get into that they show people using their items and living the life that you're dreaming of so they're selling this this concept this this imaginary concept of what your life could be like if you had if you own one of their products versus their competitor somebody like Samsung will oftentimes have an uh, advertisements talking about how much more space they have uh, how much uh, how fast their processing speed is you know so they go into like more technical features but they don't necessarily always show like the lifestyle you can live with a Samsung device so what is all again what business are you in and how does this apply to everything um, about marketing alignment so finding your alignment again so then you ask your, ask yourself what is your story about you have this story called my apocalyptic Thanksgiving so you're gonna dig deep and ask yourselves and we'll find out here today like what the theme of your story is and is your you know what is your theme of your story and is it emotional because if you can tie into the emotions then then you they you tie into the overall alignment and so once you understand what all these aspects are of your story or the film that you're creating then you can get really clear about what your marketing message is and all that marketing is to me what is marketing it is a method of communicating to get a result communicating to get a result that's and but once you know very clear what the message that you want to share then it becomes much easier as opposed to you know check out my film you know <laughs> like we're gonna find different ways to get better at that um, so let's go back to Question number one with everything I just addressed. So if you're making a, a drama or if you made a, a short film, a drama about a depressing topic, why would someone who's going through the same ordeal want to see my film? So we can, um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about this particular film and then we can kind of dig deep there. Sure, it's a short film about this um, female cop. It's, you know, 13 minutes and um, <clears throat> she, uh, investigates a domestic dispute, domestic uh, dispute, and um, she has her own personal issues to deal with at the same time. So she struggles to sort of rescue the the victim, and um, and uh, yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. So, so I'm assuming that in the story, somewhere down the line, um, she if she has her own demons, and then she's rescuing you know um, a person out there the like a, the a and b story sort of intersect and there's like a, a transformation for both of them or just mostly the for the uh, protagonist the cop yeah uh, for the protagonist so the b story is she's trying to date and so it's sort of um, <clears throat> she runs into problems while dating and uh, at the same time you know once her partner understands uh, her issues, um, you know, it's sort of the love conquers all. Okay, so there, so you saw that. So then, then 
taking one of the main themes from a script lab, you know, you can say love conquers all. So then, then that helps like break down the, um, the theme, but then you can dig deeper and like, is there more of an emotional, uh, can we make it more even more specific? So depending on what your, you know, what your film is or how your story is, love conquers all in the face of adversity or in the, um, even at gunpoint. You know, I don't know, you know, it's like depending on what your story is, but if you, once you can wrap around like that one tagline um, and one like sentence, like if somebody asks you, what's your story about? You can say it's a story about love conquers all in the face of, you know, at, at, at gunpoint, you know, or something. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. You, you know your story about Love conquers all under um, abuse. Okay. There you go. Love conquers all, you know. Uh, above abuse or, uh, you know, even ab sure. amongst abuse. So, yeah, because she, um, she was abused as a child. And so when she sees, um, you know, it's sort of the mirror, she sees a domestic uh, dispute. She sort of sees herself in this woman and sort of wants to rescue her and and try to get, the, try to get her to press charges against her, uh, you know, against her boyfriend and, um, so <clears throat> that's what she wrestles with. And while she's trying to date at the same time, which is the B story, um, you know, um, she, it's sort of, you know, sort of, it's sort of reflective of what's going on inside her. Interesting. So like what you can play with that, I guess, um, in, a, in, a, in a sense, like then you can imagine like you're tweeting, right? Then your tweets could be love conquers all, you know, uh, even amongst abuse or something, and then there's a link to your short film. Uh, so that that way, that way, if uh, people are going through it, it's um, not necessarily their own or ordeal, but they're like, what you know, like, or well, maybe I'm interested in seeing that. But the, the or or more uh, various ways that you can play off this um, concept of understanding what that's your story is, because then all of a sudden now, all your your marketing messages become very clear. So it's like. Um, you know, beaten or like, you know, even I'm trying to figure out like how you could pr uh, put together where if there's a dating aspect, like dating is hard, but it's even harder, you know, if, if you've been abused, you know, um, but, but so-and-so, whatever your main character's name found a way to do it. So, you know what I mean? So it's like, so you, to, yeah. Yeah, because I was watching this movie, uh, Silver Lines Playbook, and we were watching the trailer. And so in some ways, is it really about mental illness? Is it really about dancing? Um, and when you listen to the themes, I go, oh, it's, it's right there. Love conquers all. Because you have two stories. It's uh, a romantic comedy in one story, and then it's about mental illness in the other story. And when you say love conquers all, you don't have even mental illness. Um, <clears throat> it, it plays it nicely. Yeah, yeah. And there's also like an element of um, second chances, you know, of, you know, it doesn't matter how much something got messed up in the past, you know, every day is a new day. Like every day doesn't, you know, doesn't have to remember yesterday. You can like, whatever it is, like you can play off those um, themes and you can do a bunch of variations off them. 
But then, like, say your uh, tweets or you're posting on Facebook. So then your taglines or artwork that you create for your, like, uh, like still images of your from your movie can have something that connects with that. Because then what happens is then it starts to feed into the, the emotional psychology of it. And so somebody who's interested or what you have to say, because it, it's rooted in some primal need to know those stories, they might have a better you might have a better chance of like somebody clicking on it to go, well, what is this? You know, and then if they see the trailer or they see that there's an available of the short film, they might just be in the right place, state of mind where like, yeah, I need this right now. I need to know, I need to see some sort of story that word love conquers all, you know? And, and I see how you tie emotions into it because if one idea that I had was uh, tweet out stats about domestic abuse. Mm -hmm. And if you, talk about that and how horrible it is um what would make someone want to go see it and that was my question sort of yeah and that's what i was saying is like to to break it down like don't necessarily focus on people who have gone through it or or you know it, you may not necessarily be tying it to an event of helping uh you know domestic abuse or whatever it is i mean you can always tie it at the end but but at the core of it there is some kind of heart to your message um, and that's what you really want to double down on in terms of your marketing message. And uh, so that, as you can see, has alignment. Like when you are saying uh, this theme and this marketing message, when somebody sees your film, it's, there's sub the subconscious and the emotional aspect of it gets connected where they feel, okay, cool. Yeah, that's, that's what you were selling me and that's what I was bought into. But like, yeah, if you get too much like the stats and things like that, then you're, then you essentially become like Samsung saying like, Hey, our phone has, you know, seven times the processing speed of the iPhone. Because <laughs> like, you know, I don't care, but you know what? The iPhone shows me that I can, or like GoPro is a perfect example. Here's the camera. Like if I use this, I can be jumping off a cliff, you know, skydiving or, you know, like I, I could be this awesome hero. Like they sell this dream of this extreme lifestyle. And, and if you can get a GoPro, you can use it that way. Uh, so think so, of it, yeah, think of it that way. Can you even, you can probably even tweet uh, or um, post, <clears throat> you know, positive stories where people overcame it. Yeah, because if it, it sounds like you have, um, there's a bit of a happy ending or retribution or a transformation of your character. So and like pinning on that is very helpful. Like you said, like seconds, Second chances, you know, hopeful stories, you know, amongst, you know, the worst case scenario, uh, all that kind of stuff. It's just that you have used the constructs of a cop for being formerly abused, dealing with, you know, a victim or someone that is also being abused. But the reality is you can take that out and say, you know, here is a man that was abused as a young man and then fights to to try to be a better man than whatever his abusive father or something like that. The whole point is the th the thread line and through line for all these stories is, yes, love conquers all. And there's second chance. There's redemption. There's transformation. There's um, there's goodness or something at the at the other end, you know, or something. You said you kind of have to play with it, but I think you kind of get the gist of the different uh, marketing tweets that you could put out there. And the, the great thing about Twitter is it, cause you only have 140 characters, it'll force you to really be condensed, like uh, concise about what you really need to sell. And then you can translate that over to Facebook posts, Google plus Tumblr, whatever, wherever you need to like throw up um, 
posts of like graphics or things like that to share your clickable link back to your film. You know what I'm saying? So. And the thing that strikes me too is that your audience may not relate to your character's exact circumstances, but they do relate to that emotion and it's going to give them an emotional understanding of the character. Yeah, exactly. And the cool thing is you might find somebody who's a prominent blogger or who wrote an article and that you resonated with and then you you know, interact with that person on Twitter or what whatnot. And who's to say that 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 you can't say we we were inspired by it or it's very similar to a film we just made and, the, and that influencer gets a chance to see the film and then they maybe they do a follow up article or post um, based off your conversations that if you you know build up that relationship but it's all rallied around this th same idea and um, it doesn't have to be so specific but it has to be very um, true to the nature of your story so you make it sound so easy <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> you know, here's the th all I know from all the experts is like once we clarify that like like filmmaking or storytelling and, and or marketing uh, is fairly simplistic in terms of strategy, but execution is so difficult because what happens is like, you're like, okay, so now I'm clear. We got love conquers all amongst abuse. So you start tweeting that, right? But then you're going to find out like, ah, how come we're not getting traction? Okay. Or it's like, well, we got some hits or you know what? We're not getting the response we want. So what's not working? So you had to go back into your like, your system and go, oh, you know what? Maybe the graphic we're using or some of the hashtags we're using are not, are not uh, as effective. Or maybe when they actually get to the, land, the, the actual link we give them, maybe there's something broken there. You know what I mean? Because so, there's so many moving parts. But then um, uh, you're just like, you know what? We're, not, we're just not getting traction with the, the influencers. So what is it in our messaging that's not working? You know? So it's, it's always constantly going back to asking those questions and you're not alone because the big companies do it all the time. Well, I just brought up, you know, the case point that like the railroad business and Kodak, Kodak went out of, he went bankrupt. They basically got obliviated, you know, by the, this new technology. There's always disruptors in the world of business where new technology comes in and literally wipes out like another one industry. What happened to the Blackberry? I mean, everybody had a Blackberry at one point and all of a sudden an iPhone came in and the iPhone created, you know, what happened to the portable digital cameras? I mean, now everybody has it on their smartphone. So what I'm getting at is in the bigger picture is that it can, it, it can happen even to big companies with a lot of money. So just for the small, like the small little guy trying to market uh, their own wares and their own art, um, don't feel disheartened. It's like the concept's simple, the strategies are simple execution is always so difficult but what's helpful is if you're very clear about what it is that you're selling or what you're promising um, it won't feel like marketing because you'll believe in the message you will believe in love conquers all amongst abuse and then having that opportunity to share that message is comes from a natural place in a real place as opposed to um, some marketer who's been hired who doesn't quite believe in the product but they've got a job to do and that's where people get like why are you why does it feel like a marketing sleazy salesman? You know, because a person's creating the content that doesn't necessarily believe in the product, you know, and that's the difference where you guys are with, because your product is the art, but you have this artful story to tell and share. And then once you can rally behind that particular message, you'd be fine. Like I said, the tactics and things that will work and not work, you only know until you just, you know, 
put something out there and see if it works or what doesn't work. It's it's an, it can always going to be a, a work in progress. So don't worry, you know, just go and kind of go like, ah, oh, that's the way it is. But then it's really fun when it connects. Like you actually write something and somebody responds to it, and then it's uh, it's that's where marketing can become fun because it's again it's communicating to get a result, and the result might just be you just want response. Somebody responded to something you shared. It just you know it lifts you for the day. Like oh this is so cool. It actually worked. You know. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry you were going to say something. Oh, I was going to say, and I think that's a great point. Um, you know, another thing that you said was timing. So one person over two weeks had their cast and crew tweet all of the same uh, taglines and tweet about it, write about it, blog about it, uh, all at the same time in two weeks. And then that gave that person a lot of traction. Yeah. There's something about being, I, I brought it up in some other Film Marketing Fridays about the great artist, uh, Keith Haring, who his, his artwork was very simple, simple, the New York artist, like street artist. And if you looked at one piece of his artwork, sometimes you might think like it's so simple, almost like elementary, uh, like a school child can make it. And like, and yet he did so many of this type of artwork in his style that the style kind of, you know, became defined. And he had a much deeper social message between a lot of his artwork that, um, but if you look at the body of work, then it looks different, you know, it becomes more um, impactful. So even with consistency with your marketing message and some uh, consistency in terms of uh, the looks of some of the graphics you might put together or the sayings or if you really love a tagline or, or whatever it is that, um, that will be the marketing message for your feature film and your short film. Um, if we, if, you know, for those who don't know, like there's a log line, which is like one or two sentences that describes your film. There's a synopsis, which is, you know, about a paragraph that gives a little bit more detail about what your film is. And then there's a tagline. The tagline is what you put on a movie poster. So, you know, famous taglines or like alien. Uh, no one can hear you scream in space or something like that. So that would be the tagline, right? So you could try knowing what your story is about your short film. You can, you know, what's the name? What's the title of your short film? Uh, the Domestic. Domestic? Yeah. Okay, so so I don't, yeah, I don't know if you have a tagline to the poster, but it could be something like um, you know, love conquers all, even amongst you know, even amongst abuse, you know, quotations mark domestic, and then here's the link, you know. Right. So it's like that's really clear. Where you might find a better, like a, a more unique way of saying like um, abused, battered, uh, disheartened, um, didn't stop your protagonist character's name, whatever. Um, what is a protagonist character's name? Does she have a name or is she just a cop? <laughs> he has a name, but um, I can't for the life of me. I'm sorry, I'm liking it. Ramirez. Officer. Ramirez, okay. So like you say, Ramirez, you know, was, you know, be, uh, abused, beaten, battered, dis, you know, disheartened, but that didn't stop him from his second chance you know, love conquers all, quotation mark, um, you know, domestic. You know what I mean? It's like, what it is is like, but the whole thing is you can start playing around with that because you know, again, what the core message of your story is, or the core theme is. And so then your marketing gets in alignment with that and then it becomes fun because then you start having fun with like, well, how else can we write this? And that, and that actually comes into like the art of copywriting. But anyway, 
Um, let's jump on uh, question number two because uh, we talked about your feature film, which is then a totally different thing, which is which is interesting. Okay, so question number two you had. For my other project, I'm making a genre matchup called my apocalyptic Thanksgiving. Where should I focus my marketing? Um, so we'll just we'll stop that. So here's the thing. I don't know if you are you are you would you love to like pitch it real quick? Like I'm just some guy in the street. You're like, hey, I would like you. To oh, okay. Like uh, what what is this um, my apocalyptic Thanksgiving? How would you describe it to like a total stranger on the street? Uh, it's about this. Uh, adult who has autism uh, and he's obsessed with uh, this TV show about zombies and uh, he searches for his long lost mother and while he's searching um, a drug dealing gang tries to teach him the meaning of family and this Korean family tries to teach him the meaning of family and uh, and he ends up teaching everybody, um, you know, the meaning of family through the power of forgiveness, through, you know, his uh, zombie TV show. Okay, so I'm guessing. Oh, sorry, Holly, you want to add something? Ah, uh, no. <laughs> so the oh, I uh, just kind of froze up for a second. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of prompting him to make sure he got it. <laughs> She's all. Those who uh, watch this in the replay, you see her like getting excited, like her hands are getting up, like. And those who are listening to audio wise on the podcast, uh, she was very excited to be like, you know, don't screw this up, Richard. <laughs> well, it's not about screwing it up. It's just that it's got all these different pieces, interesting pieces. And to make sure, since we're talking about the whole thing, that you get all those pieces to work with. Yeah. Well, here's, okay, from an outsider's perspective, I've never read your script. All I know is what you just told me. But I, it almost sounds like, oh, wait, what happened if you reordered the telling of that, which is like, um, what's the name of the autistic um, adult, the protagonist? Marcus. Okay, so Marcus, you say, I want to tell you a story about Marcus. He has autism. And he's had autism, you know, obviously for his whole life. And the only thing, you know, solace he finds is being obsessed by this zombie TV show called X. The thing about Marcus is that he was left as an orphan or something like that. Like he doesn't know where his mom is. He knows she exists, but he doesn't know where or why he was left, you know, alone. And because he was inspired by something happens in the zombie TV show, a series of events, he goes on this adventure to find his long lost mother um, and encounters a Korean family. It was a Korean family, right? Korean, yeah. Yeah, Korean family. That takes him in, and like, and and then at this point, you know, he gets into like a he finds himself in this like misadventures, like a fish out of water amongst a gang, you know, some uh, heavy gang warfare between. I, I again, I don't know the story, but what, what I'm getting at is something. Yeah, so maybe it's a gang warfare between the Koreans and um, uh, some 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 of the black uh, community members, you know, or something like that. And but because he's thrown th thrown into the middle of it. Um, little to known that he has to utilize his experience and his know-how from this famous zombie TV show to bring uh, these two communities together and find redemption in the story I call my apocalyptic Thanksgiving. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, <laughs> That's really wild. So um, no, I was trying to get at is like you start with like the protagonist or you're telling the story like so right off the bat 
Um, I, my friend Stephanie Palmer from Good in the Room, uh, who's a former MGM executive and the author of the book Good in the Room and also the uh, web courses, um, she would be the first one to tell you to say, with every pitch that you start with, always start with the genre. So I don't know what the genre is. Would, what would you consider this genre of this film? Uh, drama, comedy. Okay, so we got a dramedy, right? Yeah, so there you go. So I want to, then you can start with that. He says, I'm going to tell you about this story. It's a dramedy. So right off the bat, somebody's in their, their mindset like, okay, it's a dramedy. Because if, if I never said anything about the genre and I'm, we start talking about zombies and stuff like that, they might go to a place like, okay, is this a horror film? You know what I mean? So like in order to squash that, it's always good to start with the genre, which is basically saying, I'm going to tell you a story about this dramedy. It's a you know, it's about Marcus, who's an autistic adult who's obsessed with the zombie TV show and who also happens to be left as an orphan. He knows his mom exists. He doesn't know why she left him. But because something happens in the main character of his favorite zombie TV show, it sets him off a course to find her and in the process of this journey and this adventure he bumps into a gang warfare between the koreans and the black americans in this one particular city or this town and he utilizes his skill sets to bring the two together and this is in this drama he's called my apocalyptic thanksgiving so there you go so it's like <laughs> it strikes me about how you said that is it all roads kept leading back to marcus and so you find a way to connect it so there was a through line connecting all of those points and it was kind of more the emotional story too so that's that's how i saw it, it was like one cohesive whole yeah thank you and so we, your story you can do something where then you tag in at the end because the film is uh called or before you even say the 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 title my apocalypse thanksgiving it's like you know marcus finds himself trying to bring two gangs together <clears throat> where he learns um <clears throat> i'm sorry <clears throat> little frog in the throat um, where he learns or the gangs learned and this is where you want to state your theme and this comes from like all the teachings from like Blake Snyder uh, uh, the Save the Cat Foundation or his group um, so this is a great opportunity to state the theme so whatever the theme what do you think the theme is for my apocalyptic Thanksgiving uh, it's about family and forgiveness so f okay so family forgiveness so um, this maybe Maybe the theme could be forgiveness leads to healing. I don't know. Somebody, I'm just throwing it out there. So something like forgiveness leads to healing. So in the in the pitch that we were just going over, you can say like in Marcus's journey to find his long lost mother, um, he finds himself in the middle of a gang warfare where he has to bring two gangs together and where he learns um, that forgiveness is healing and so does the you know the gangs in this film in this dramedy called my apocalypse thinks apocalyptic thanksgiving so what happens now is that we you, this might not be exactly what it is what your story is about but th for the purposes of the show we can kind of use it as a working template so so with that say forgiveness is for, or forgiveness forgiveness is healing or whatever it might be so then now all your marketing messages could be rallied around this concept, this emotional context. And the cool thing is you don't necessarily have to have like necessary film always already made. Maybe 
you your early uh, tweets or Facebook posts or Tumblr posts or anything like that is grabbing images from famous like stories of the Bible or something like that or famous stories of uh, throughout movies where it shows forgiveness led to healing you know or something like that or famous moments of forgiveness and so you start creating little graphics like that um, and they maybe like some great little taglines of, of sayings about forgiveness and then always leave some sort of call to action on whatever graphics you create or whatever posts that you put up that lead back to your film. So the landing page of my apocalypse of Thanksgiving. So even though somebody might not be like into zombies, they don't have to be, but the, if they are curious that they're intrigued by the emotional uh, connection you're making with this overall theme of forgiveness leads to healing, then you can see where your marketing messages can start really having more impactfulness and more and also weeding out the people that may not even be interested in your film. You know, like if you if you were targeting zombie fans, you, you might not know, like they might be disappointed, like, no, no, I want zombies with the heads, you know, being ripped off. And I want like, you know, sex and violence and all this kind of stuff. And you're giving me something, you know, of a deeper thought, you know, faith-based or, or, or higher thinking in terms of the theme what you're going at. So to weed them out, it's easier to just target on those people that are going to be fans of the overall message. And so that's something to, to help think about as you can start constructing um, uh, your marketing message and materials. Okay. And, and I think uh, that could be the, it sounds like it could be the predominant message. And then in between, since it is Thanksgiving, you could have Thanksgiving family forgiveness stories um, or even whatever, like the walking dead. Oh, forgiveness of in the walking dead sort of thing. As long as you're sort of tying it all together, I guess, in the same theme. I think. Yeah. You need to make sure that your theme has a benefit. Um, like your short story, we went over like where uh, second chances, abuse, that love conquers all is the benefit. Like no matter how crappy things are, the benefit is love will heal that or conquer all that. So you always want to make sure that forgiveness is the action that leads to the benefit. And what is the benefit? And so the, the benefit of your story, because it's funny, we're talking about benefits. This is exactly what marketers have to do when they're selling products or services. Anything that you see online or any, 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 anything in the real world that you're, somebody's dealing with commerce is that somebody has to sell you the benefits. Because like, you know, you buy a burglar alarm because the benefits are your family will be safe, you know. So you have to sell uh, the aspects of being safe, you know. Uh, so forgiveness is only one part of it. So whatever the outcome of forgiveness is in your story, that's what you want to sell as much as m more, uh, more often if you can, because that's selling the benefit. Oh, like the healing and... Oh, sure. Yeah. So, like, where and how people's families grew or whatever because they forgave one side of the family and then the family sort of. Yeah. So, you can, you can almost like, okay, like in like business, like product stuff, it would be like, um, you always see it with infomercials are the greatest because they always define a problem you never knew you had. The Snuggie, right? The Snuggies that reversed 
shower uh, wardrobe bathrobe that you would wear. It basically was a robe that somebody turned inside other way and you wear it the other way. It was like a, a blanket with arms in it, right? But if you just turned the other way, it'd just be a simple bathrobe. So they, they sold the problem in their infomercials like, tired of like trying to get you know comfortable with a regular old blanket on your couch you know so they're like uh oh there you go did i lose you guys no you're back yeah we're back okay okay so we're talking about the snuggie <laughs> the great thing about the snuggie we we're talking about was essentially um this simple thing in the infomercials, they were defining a problem. Nobody knew they had a problem, which was essentially how difficult it was to get comfortable with a, with a regular blanket on a couch. And you see like the actor overreacting like, I just can't make this work, you know? <laughs> and then they show like the, they're completely happy because they found this, discovered this new um, technology, which was the Snuggie, which is essentially, again, a reverse bathrobe. So you had this blanket with arms uh, holes through it where they can get to the remote, eat their popcorn, and they're just enjoying life on the couch. It became so ridiculous, but that thing sold so many units. It made so much money. So the thing is, um, for filmmakers, if they know what the theme of their film is, again, the emotional theme, and we have the theme of forgiveness, you know, heals. So the healing is the benefit. So what I think we need to do is forgiveness is the, the action that leads to healing. So we need to define the problem. So the problem we need to maybe for your marketing message was just like, um, you know, alone at Thanksgiving, um, you know, yeah, there you go. Alone, alone at Thanksgiving, uh, bitter. It goes, are you bitter and alone at Thanksgiving? Well, Marcus was too. But he found that forgiveness led to healing in this new film, My Apocalyptic Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. 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 I, I, yeah you're, it's like uh, an old friend that you haven't forgiven and you fought and you just never speak to each other again. Or on Father's Day, people, they can't forgive their father or whatever. And whatever action they took, whether they, decide, oh, I'm not, he's no longer going to be in my life and I'm going to end this or um, I'm going to forgive him and let him see my grandchild or some, uh, let him see the grandchild, you know, or something like that. Yeah. And that just strikes me that it makes it far more universal because it's not like that you have to have these huge circumstances or has to be really complicated, but in fact, it's possible. And here's an example of how it's possible. Yeah, exactly. And it's in your films because it has that overall message. It, here's what's crazy about it. So stylistically, you as a director and, or, or a writer or however you put it together, you can make this thing so outrageously, you know, loony in terms of like the cameras are really fast cut or it's like those um, uh, the, the guys who do like Kung Fu Hustle or, you know, the new film coming out like um, uh, the, they did Kung Fu Hustle and like uh, The Way to the West. Oh, or. No, no, Kung Fu was uh, Kung Fu Hustle was a the Asian filmmakers. Uh, I can't remember, but it was so outrageously ridiculous, you know. But like the stylistically of what their film was, uh, or if you look at the recent Mad Max uh, Fury Road, you know, it was really over the top, sort of like um, you know, in your face action. Um, or if you look at like Boz Lerman style of films. Um, uh, the Great Gatsby, uh, Moulin Rouge, you know, what I'm getting at is like, 
your film could go so far in one direction being stylistically nutty, but at the core of it, if it still tells the story that someone was um, resentful, angry, and, uh, and had things pent up, but they found that forgiveness led to their healing, if that's still at the core of what your story is, yeah. it doesn't matter how bonkers your stylistic way of telling your story goes, you can still sell that, that, um, that theme because somebody who is feeling the same way or, or wants to have that transformation and needs a story to tell them or just make them feel like they need to get to a place where they forgive to heal. Um, but they might just enjoy the stylistic way that you present it. You know what I'm saying? So like, uh, that's the great thing about nailing down sort of the, the, the essence of your story. And then that also becomes the essence of your marketing. No. And, and I could see now how I can tie in all the communities. Um, mm -hmm. So like the special needs, you know, a lot of parents abandoned their kids and a lot of sort of adults who had autism or um, <clears throat> some sort of mental illness could never forgive their parents. And so um, you can tie in that, that way. And then another way is uh, Thanksgiving, like, uh, you know, a lot of people can't forgive their in-laws or their exes or whatever. And so around the, that um, holiday, you could sort of have messages similar to that. Um, and, you know, or Father's Day or Mother's Day or Christmas, whatever. And then the thing that Richard isn't talking about, too, is that he also... Um, has taken care of adults with special needs for a really long time and so in a sense he's kind of an expert so how do so we also have that so how about pulling all of that into it yeah I mean you can't I mean there's a what it allows you to do is um, have an opportunity to hit a lot of different um, people like because you have like a sense of authority if, if, if Richard's already doing that kind of work he already has this sort of sense of authority which is great uh, when I say authority it just means that he has experience and that experience is has value so being able to share that value but then it always tying it into the the constructs of the overall theme of your film will work great and then if you want to branch out to like I said those other communities as long as that the the through line of everything you're doing is something you believe in what you're um, what the message of your film is. Um, you know, Stacy Parks over at filmspecific.com, you know, runs a wonderful organization to help filmmakers, you know, get to that next level, especially if you're working in the uh, film market world. Um, one of her clients uh, did a film called Return to Zero and uh, starred Mini, Mini Driver. Um, is that right? Yeah, Mini Driver. So in this film, uh, Return to Zero, and there's a great case study of it on. Um, on film specifics um, blog, uh, podcasts and her blogs and stuff like that. But that was a very, very tough film because it dealt with um, losing a, a, a couple, losing uh, a child, you know, and, and the grief and, the, and, and they needed like a community to get together. And they were able to crowdfund it, get it on eventually television and things like that. So there was a, a bigger message there um, that they were able to find people to rally behind them that would probably be seen like a very depressing tale for the general sort of film market to buy, but because they were able to curate a audience that had the same uh, experience, because the filmmaker himself, I think, went through that uh, that uh, that awful experience, and so he was just sharing it. So, like yourself, if you're already working with uh, special needs adults, you have this experience, 
And then you can say like, well, here's a fun way, let's say fun way, but here's my creative outlet of sharing the story in the constructs of this particular story about Marcus, you know, and dealing with zombies and stuff like that. So again, I'm not familiar with your style of filmmaking or like I said, you could take this story that you created and you can imagine if you gave it to three distinct directors that had three dis distinct styles, the story essence would be still told the same, but you could totally see how the stylistically it would present it differently. You know, if Tim Burton grabbed it, if Quentin Tarantino grabbed it, if, you know, who else is, uh, just has a, like uh, Christopher Nolan, you know, like, like each one of them would still tell the same story, the same characters and so on, but the stylistically it would be totally different. Um, what I'm getting at is that's okay. Cause now you have, because your job is to be a filmmaker and a storyteller. And a lot of this is for everybody going, I don't want to be a marketer. I don't want to be spend my whole time marketing. And it's not intended to be that way. Um, it's intended for you. Um, the, these film marketing Friday sessions is to help you just like get yourself in alignment with what you're making so that when you start doing the uh, promoting that at least at the ground level, the foundation level, you have a very clear understanding of why you're doing what you're doing. So it's, it's to communicate the, the right message as opposed to, you know, being lost. Like, I, I don't know, am I supposed to market this to just zombie fans? You know I mean? Like, you know, you might be lost that way as opposed to, I really believe in this message about this film and the story that we created. Now let me share this similar message uh, in, in various forms to various groups. And that way, then you become, then you probably discover your true self, your true, your true story, like all the things that Holly was mentioning, and then um, find your, find what kind of artist you are, and then you can uh, decide like that's, that's who I need to be. And actually it leads us to your question number three. <laughs> so, let's see, we're jumping to uh, question number three here. Okay, so question number three leads to. Regarding the long-term plan, how do I take the audience I've built and have them follow me to the next project if my film is of a different genre? And so that really gets down to branding. So we've always heard this buzzword in like marketing and business is branding. You know, when we think of Coca-Cola, you know, what's the branding of Coke? It's just sugar water. It's, I think Coca-Cola is probably the most fascinating story because it's just it's like you think about it the product is as simple as you can get but they've made a marketing mech out of it because they sell happiness uh the end of mad men not to give anything away but it's, it has a ties in with coca-cola you know um and they've been around and they've been on top for so long because this is a brand they sell so the filmmaker the independent filmmaker regardless what genre film they make it already sounds like with the two films that you have, your short film um, and this uh, feature film you're working on, there's still sort of two different genres, but there's a common theme to it, which it's from an outsider's perspective, is there's a, there's a tenderness and sort of this, uh, I guess, as you were saying forgiveness, but love conquers all. There's a very romantic uh, belief in human nature or human goodness despite all this crap that happens. So you become like this filmmaker or a storyteller, this artist that champions this idea. So what happens is by championing this idea, that becomes your brand. And so it doesn't matter what, 
you know, film style you just or genre you jump to, if you can rally your audience around this bigger idea, which is like, I'm a filmmaker who is interested in these themes. And once you can answer that truthfully to yourself, then that's what you market and that's what you talk about to the people that follow you. So you might have people following you about your short film, but don't necessarily always talk about the short film and maybe like, you know, here's the camera I use, all this kind of stuff. Really start talking about the, the bigger themes of that story and then why that's leading you to the feature film. And you start talking about the themes of the feature film because then they'll, you know, again, the audience will tie, will tie into that theme or those themes, there's bigger ideas that you have about these themes or questions you have about these themes. So then when you want to make your next film or your next film after that, you know, they'll follow you and your ideas or your questions as opposed to, you know, whether or not they are fans of you know, comedy or horror, you know, because usually movie fans can, they're, they're cool. Like they're, I love all the movies, I love all genres. So I don't know if that helps any bit. Yeah, no, that, that helps me. Um, because I'm reading this book, A Curious Mind by Brian Grazer. Uh, oh, great. I haven't had a chance to read that, but I heard the interview with him on uh, The Biz um, on uh, KCRW's podcast. But yes, go ahead. And he found his own theme, you know, um, you know, through many, many movies and TV shows. And it's sort of uh, the American dream. With your own limitations, how do you overconquer? How do you overcome and, and conquer your limitations and circumstances to rise above it and uh you know sort of live the american dream whatever that is you know that's a great one uh like just the concept you said there how do you overcome your limitations i mean i mean uh, you know if you find something like that um your own your own tagline you know so richard you could be like richard soriano filmmaker that focuses on how do you overcome, you know, your um, limitations or whatever it is. So they like all my films discuss, like have some aspect of this theme to it. Then that's how you would brand brand yourself. And you don't have to worry about ever what kind of genres you get into that you're interested in, you know? So it's, and it becomes very comforting because then you start rallying around a bigger idea than yourself. And that's, and then you can take yourself out of it and not be so, not be that kind of self-absorbed filmmaker or artist that's like uh you know everybody you know you don't have to be neurotic you can actually be somebody who can be really giving which you already are if you're helping you know adults with um uh, disabilities like you like you are working with so um oh, thanks yeah yeah i mean everything from apollo 13 to a beautiful mind mm -hmm. you could see most of his films sort of have that theme and you know, um, Apollo 13, they were able to get through the spaceship by banding together as brothers and, um, <clears throat> you know, returning back to Earth to their family. And uh, and the beautiful mind, uh, you know, how he overcame uh, schizophrenia. Yeah. You know, and <clears throat> found romance and uh, was able to come up with beautiful mathematical equations that you know, helped refocus redefine science yeah that, that'd be great like so like you know beautiful mind you know that particular real life person you know overcame schizophrenia with this overcoming goes and then you know my film my apocalyptic uh, thanksgiving marcus overcomes his autism 
through zombies or something like it's like you know or they wouldn't because you might not think they're the same you know story or theme but had, here, here's the similarities and then you can start playing i'm sorry playing around with a lot of different um the marketing messages within in those constructs and if you don't know sometimes for those filmmakers who don't know like oh my gosh i don't i don't know what my brand is i'm not too sure exactly what i'm i'm not sure what kind of artist i am yet and nobody really does then you can ask your audience and your audience doesn't have you don't have to have a huge audience it could just be like sometimes just starting with your friends and ask them a very point blank question of like what do you see me as like what is your perspective of me as an artist or what what do you see me uh interested in so sometimes it's helpful for an artist just to hear outside perspective of how people see them and and then you'd be surprised at some of the answers be like oh i never thought that i was perceived as a very extrovert i always i feel introverted yet everybody says that i'm an extrovert you know and that or my interests lie in these types of themes and so by asking your audience uh it's uh it's at least a, a place to start um what else i have and then here's the big one so with all this said all the stuff we're talking about your movies and being in alignment with the marketing message as long as you can come away with this whole concept of film is an advertisement your film is an advertisement for some bigger idea your short film is an advertisement for that bigger idea which is the theme we talked about love conquers all your feature film the apocalyptic uh thanksgiving uh my apocalyptic thanksgiving is an advertisement for something bigger is it you know forgiveness to that so did you hear me oh, i hear you um that's fine yeah so anyway do you, anyway I, I hear you i just want to make sure you hear me oh yeah our computer goes to sleep yeah, but, you know, uh, <laughs> i think uh, yeah so we were getting into that this concept of film as an advertisement so once you put your head around that concept what happens is then um all this marketing message all this understanding what your story is about what your theme is about what who you are about as a as an artist in terms of your branding then you utilize film to advertise this bigger concept and that in, in itself will lead you to um different discoveries and other potentially um other outlets to make money from you know if you need to make money from so it's like say your film is a catalyst for something it starts a conversation and next thing you know like you are part of this organization or foundation and then they the film could be used as an advertisement to help promote um signups for a particular charity or foundation you know fundraiser or something like that um once you see that your film has that potential that can rally around a, an idea and be exploited in different ways um the then it you know opens it opens a much bigger picture a bigger world to the in, uber independent as opposed to just focusing on the film as a product you know oh i i think i so in a sense it's kind of like the film is a gateway to something else yeah it, uh, we know in my book um how to make and sell your film online the big the big concept is you know hollywood is not in the film business they are in the business of license exploitation so meaning that whoever controls a license um, has the ability to exploit it in various formats 
a film, a TV show, a, a video game, T-shirts. And, you know, when I always ask, like, well, if you own the Star Wars license, what would you do? He would do exactly what George Lucas did. He, 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 he's the first one to admit that says, you know, all the money's in the action figures. And because he, at a time, was able to retain his rights to the merchandise and the ancillary products of Star Wars, because 20th Century Fox just one of the film rights, but when they saw that he made, built an entire empire off the exploiting that license left and right, at that point, you know, film studios would never again give up that kind of control to any filmmaker again. And that's why if you look at Disney, they were like, "Whoa, Disney, we own the Pixar license, we own." Marvel license, we own the Muppet license, we own the Lucas Film Archive license, and they have their own Disney license. Talk about a huge empire. And so by controlling those licenses, they can do as much they can find different ways to monetize left and right. So the Uber independent filmmaker could do the same thing on a smaller scale if they view their film as an advertisement. It's an advertisement to exploit the license of what you create in different various formats and to understand what the license is again harkens back to what business you're in and the business you're in is love conquers all um forgiveness leads to healing you know that's an emotional thing that you can tie around that all of a sudden you might write an ebook about this theme or this concept but it, it's all in alignment and it ties into all the stuff you're creating so yes film in that sense allows that way you don't necessarily have to put the the film so precious i mean you're going to do your best work but it's not like it's do or die it's like not as if the film you create has to be like it has to be the winning golden ticket for you it has but it can be like this catalyst for other uh, discussions other exploit uh, places to exploit it and make money from so Oh no, that's a great point, and and uh, like whether it's donating, uh, taking sort of that uh, heat and transferring it to, so that people donate to uh, like uh, my favorite charity, or maybe sponsor somebody, or let's say I come up with the Marcus Thanksgiving cookbook, or <laughs> yeah, yeah, you never know, you never. I mean, it, again, I think the the way the future is headed. Um, you know, my friend Jason Brubaker at FilmmakingStuff.com has said, too, that the world of artists and independent filmmakers is going to be much more fractured. Like, there's only going to be a small percentage that's going to hit the home run. And, uh, and you, you're going to always hear press about the outliers that, like, scored this big deal that are now playing in the big world of Hollywood. But there's going to be a lot of smaller success stories. There's going to be stories like, you know, that could be yours, which is like, you know, you know, Holly and Richard made this film, started this movement for the local LA-based chapter of these organizations, and they were able to sell a cookbook to just the West Coast. Maybe the East Coast never really hears about you guys, but it doesn't matter. Like, if you have a small audience that you're taking care of, um, really what it comes down to is my next, my last slide here, really, is I really like this concept of serving your audience. So we always you always hear in the right now in the blogosphere and people saying you got to know your audience you got to find your audience you got to sell to your audience or whatever it is you got to build your audience but really really comes down to from my perspective is you serve them you got to be comfortable with your own talents as a filmmaker to ask yourself a simple question the audience that I'm going to be targeting is people that are uh, want to be transformed by a story that 
tells forgiveness leads to healing or they need to see a story where they see someone who can forgive and lead to healing because that's what I need. And in, in order to serve that audience, then you put yourself in a, a place where you're not um, self-absorbed. You're actually a place of giving and it sounds like you're already like that. If that's the type of work that you already do, Richard, it's like you're, that's naturally comes to you where you have to give to serve and help others. Well, the same thing can be done in a large scale online, which is I want to serve my audience this overall theme, but I could do it with my film product and I could do it in various ways. And in that way, my marketing message is always um, true to who I am and what this film is about. And so that's where serve your audience comes in to play. Oh, I can see how you do that, where you make a point to say you made a movie for $500 and it, and, and it has led you to your gear guide and to this podcast and other things. Yeah, exactly. And you know, my market message is not always perfect. Like again, like I put it out there thinking like, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Like, yeah, I made this film. That was a breakthrough for me. There's a lot of other filmmakers have done it prior or done it better, you know, but for me it was like, it's possible. I never thought that I was able, was I going to be able to do it, but it was possible that you can make a, a feature film for $500 without a crew. So my thinking was, Okay, let me share that possibility for those who might be stuck making a film. And that's funny, like you said that, because the next slide is <laughs> nicely done, Holly, because that was perfectly timed. <laughs> I'll show you. So this is this, the last slide I have here. Um, yes, the, so the marketing message I have here on end of Film Marketing Fridays is those people that are stuck trying to make your film, then I say, well, get inspired. Here, you can grab this free equipment list what I call the free gear guide over at freegearguide.com. This is an equipment list of everything I use to make my uh, feature film for $500 with no crew. And it's just fun so you can see like, oh wait, I've got that gear or wait, I never thought about using that gear that way. But it just means that if, you know, people, I know that filmmakers sometimes be like, they'll write something like, oh man, I'm going to need to find like an abandoned warehouse. I'm going to find like an abandoned hospital or whatever it is. But then sometimes and it goes on I, like something, there's so many things that get you stuck that will make you not make your film. That's nice to see something like, well, how do you get unstuck? And you're right. So that's my marketing message is like, I did something. Let me share it with everybody else. And then let me offer you something um, to promote that. And then this whole Film Marketing Fridays is really just an opportunity to meet filmmakers like yourself that so nobody feels alone because I always hear these things on the blogospheres like, you know, here's the things you need, the new business model for film. You got to find your audience, you got to build your audience and all this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking to myself like, that's awesome. But how? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you know, it's like, well, okay. Okay, so making a film is no big deal and putting up online to sell it online now is no big deal. So what is the, the biggest deal right now? It's got to be marketing. Like how do people know that you exist? And then, the, then marketing actually leads you to a bigger question, which is the, a new business of film or new mindset of the business. And that and all this stuff has led me to a place where like, oh my God, like, you know, I just wrote this book. I didn't think I was going to write a book. You know, it just sort of happened. But I, I love the the interaction I'm getting with filmmakers because they're asking questions and like, I don't know the answers, but because you send me the stuff, I'm like, I'm sort of like a virtual assistant to you guys. Cause it's <laughs> like, you ask me some questions and I'm like, well, I don't really know the answer to that. 
So let me do some research. And so I go online and I think about it and I think about all the, the studies and the education and things that I've done and, and that works for me, what works for other people. And I try to bring it in, um, curated and collected it into a, a sizable, I guess, uh, meaningful uh, presentation so that you can come away feeling like, okay, that wasn't a total waste of my time. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> I know it's great and into the process you learn and we learn and we build something together that wouldn't have happened if you had just stuck with research and we had just stuck on our own yeah exactly so but yeah just this the power discussion too leads to ideas and and transformation and that's what I was hoping yeah because I think in LA the whole concept of marketing it, it doesn't exist and most myself included I'm very guilty of it it's like well once they see my work then they'll give me more work yeah you know, it's not it's like oh well you just just look at my short film and you see how wonderful and talented I am and then you will let me direct a multi-million dollar TV series you know yeah yeah, yeah. Be okay if it was like one person but you know we have people coming into LA all the time with that same thing going on so it's like all these people are screaming and yelling and going and it's like how do you stand up from that crowd Right, and things are, and believe me, we're, I, I'm guilty of the same like concept because that's what we were taught for so yeah. long because we only heard the stories of the outliers. Um, I have a great episode. I don't remember the number, but it's um, offhand. But on my podcast, I have an exclusive interview with Oren Pelly who created Paranormal Activity. And we go through for an hour and a half, blow by blow, exactly what happened basically right after he made the film like all the steps that had to happen, the time frame, and um, it's a really like invigorating story because you realize there were so many things that had to happen, that had to line up for that thing to be the phenomenon that it became. And so what what you take away from that is that um, uh, there's no guarantees. Like those are the weird outlier outlier stories that you can't you can't bank on, you can't count on. So you but you can count on yourself. You have the ability to make something, which is fantastic. You can make a film. And now that you also have the same ability to build your own audience through marketing, through, you know, in, a, in thinking marketing in a different way. Uh, I, I, there's, a, there's a lot of filmmakers out there just, you know, cringe at marketing. But if you look at marketing to be more fun, and really what marketing is, is at communicating to get a, a result, then you believe in your message, then marketing won't feel like marketing. Yeah, yeah. Um, like even like musicians and, and comedians that I follow that are here, it's sort of like if I'm funny enough on Twitter, people will really like me, then they'll come check me out at the club. And that's sort of the, the school of thought. I'm not saying that, you know, whether, I'm not judging it whether it's the best or the, but that's sort of the train of thought and nobody ever thinks a little bit bigger, you know, is I have a product and I can provide resources to people and I can provide other things to people besides being funny on Twitter. Yeah. So here's the thing. We can always ask ourselves this. Does McDonald's make the best hamburger in the world? No. no but it's, not, it's always consistent. <laughs> yes. So the great, the, we all agree that yeah. McDonald's does not make the best hamburger in the world. So, but they are the huge empire that that sells hamburgers over a billion sold because they're consistent. They have a, a business machine and you know, Ray Kroc who junior, I think, or Ray Kroc who founded who created, who took the McDonald's 
Cranch or like little drive-in and whatever San Bernardino or Bernardino and made it empire. Um, he was probably the first one to tell you probably that he was in the business of real estate. So it was always location, location. If you look at McDonald's, it's always on a corner. You know, it's always like visible. You drive through uh, in airports and stuff like that. It, it becomes a symbol, the branding. And they worked on their marketing, which sold happiness too, just like Coca-Cola. So Coca-Cola and McDonald's coming together, you know, they were both selling happiness. Um, they call it the Happy Meal for God's sakes, you know? <laughs> so it's like, so we all agree that they do not make the best hamburgers, but they sell happiness. And there's a lot of people that buy it, obviously because they have a system that is low cost that get people in and out for the food and whatnot. So that mentality of the artist going, well, hopefully I make something great and I will get, get noticed because the best stuff should be noticed, right? We can always agree right now that business doesn't work that way. You know, the worst hamburger can still sell more than the best hamburger. Um, and understanding that concept will help the, in the Uber independent take a different spin and not be threatened or not feel whacked out by marketing or sales. But, you know, because if you believe in what you make, then it's like your, your duty, your responsibility to share it with others. Because if you get an, a small group of audience that really responds to your work, then it's like, you want to ask yourself like, well, how many more people feel this way? How many more people can I reach? And then you, that leads you down the question of marketing and, and development and something like that. So then it, then you won't, then it won't feel such a, like an ordeal, you know? <laughs> anyway, so that kind of wraps up. We hit a little bit over the hour mark and I think we got through your questions and, um, but I don't want to leave you hanging. Do you have any other uh, last minute uh, thoughts or questions? Um, I guess just uh, I'll start trying it out. Uh, and what's nice is I have a short film to sort of experiment with, and you know, uh, just a basic Facebook. I'm not sure about an email list and then providing something on top of that. Uh, you know, like you know, getting well, if you can set up a simple, um, we won't get into here, but if you just Google, like, how do you set up a simple email opt in? list yeah. so like you can create without even a website it just be a landing page like one page that has one thing to do which is to sign up for your uh, email newsletter you as an artist or you as a filmmaker because then you can start promoting your short film with that those that that overall theme and concept love conquers all even amongst abuse and work on those variations start setting out there and then people click it maybe they see the trailer film and below it's a simple like if you like these types of stories that deal with uh, redemption or second chances, I'm working on a new film um, that deals with forgiveness heals all. You know, sign up to learn more. That's you haven't done anything. You don't have to worry about a website. It's just like all this exists on one landing page that t tells people and points them to uh, you know where to sign up, and um, and you can use your short film as like you know see if you can't spread that message and see what happens. Great. That's yeah. Easy. Okay. Wonderful. Right. <laughs> well, it's nice to meet you two. Oh, yeah, it's nice to meet you too. And let us know. Um, obviously, you're always welcome to come back. You know, it'd be wonderful to hear how people are doing with any any kind of tidbits that come from the show to see like if it's is it working or it's not working or more uh, revelations that come up. Like, oh my God, I tried that, but you do know that 
you know, this, this didn't work, right? So I changed this and this worked really well. So anything like that would uh, be really helpful to the community um, if you come across. Okay. Okay, well, great. Thanks. Great. Thank you. So I will sign out and uh, let's see here real quick. I want to do my last bit of screen share uh, so everybody sees this and we wrap it up. Again, yeah. So those again, just the last quick bit of paying my bills. Uh, if you're stuck trying to make your film, Again, head over to freegearguide.com and get a free equipment list of everything I use to make a feature film for $500 without a crew. And that wraps up this edition or this session of Film Trooper Presents Film Marketing Fridays. Thank you so much, Richard and Holly. I'll see you guys later. That's good. Thanks. Bye.